0: Hey, let's have a word of prayer together as we get going. Father, we thank you so much for the fact of your presence in this place. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you and for the skill and the gifts and the heart behind everyone who has led us so far. God, right now, we pray that you would speak in this time to each and every one of us right where you know we need you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, join me in welcoming into our service Lake Hills Church downtown in Brazos Hall. Excited to be with y'all this morning. Now today we're starting something a little bit different. For those of you who are new around here, my name is Mac and I'm the pastor of Lake Hills and this is my lovely bride, Julie. Good to have you. Thanks,
1: thanks. I'm happy to be here
0: today. We're starting a series today called Two for Two and we're talking over the next couple of weeks about something that we have heard in relationships of all kinds, not just in marriage, but in every relationship that matters, sometimes there is conflict. How many of y'all have heard this rumor? I'm not saying we ever deal with it, but maybe we have friends who have struggled with this before.
1: Well, it's funny, when you um, decide to speak on conflict, and we've been talking about it for a while now and praying about God, what do you want us to speak on? And kept really saying fighting and um, just know that if God leads you to speak on fighting you will have an opportunity that week more than likely if you feel like God is leading you to talk about conflict he will present the opportunity for you to use what he's teaching you another
0: way of saying that is Julie and I have prepared for this message
1: That's right, that's a good, that's a better spin on it, I like that. But um, we are thrilled to get to speak today. And And for the record,
0: we're happy to be here with you today. This is all good.
1: I'm just making sure that you're moving your chair in close, like I don't want to get any subliminal messages that you're backing up there. Well, um, yeah, if he starts to back away, somebody signal, okay? Um, We are excited to speak today, and it's because every single relationship that you're in, whether it is a friendship, a roommate, a spouse, a neighbor, a coworker, you will at some point if you care enough, you will have conflict. Many years ago, when we lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we lived um, in a little neighborhood, and we were at the top of a hill. And Emily's best friend, Emily was two, and she had a best friend who was also two. He lived at the bottom of the hill, about six houses down. And so I could go stand out on the driveway and signal to his mother, and they could walk back and forth. It was far enough where they felt really independent, but close enough where we could still make sure they were. So one day, Emily was going down to play at Brantley's house, and so she was so enthused that she took off in a full run down the hill. Some of you see where this is going. So she began to run down the hill, and about halfway down, she face-planted, and um, her face hit the pavement first. And I know that many of you have heard me talk about Emily's strong will, and this is where it is really an asset. So she lifted back up, and we could, both mothers, when she fell, you could hear us both, (gasps) and she jumped back up, she rubbed the gravel off her face, and she continued to run down the hill (laughs) to go see Brantley. And so the mom checked, and she gave me a thumbs up and said she appears to be okay, and um, washed her face off. Emily had decided, Emily determined in her mind that connecting with Brantley, being with Brantley was worth going through the discomfort, fighting through the pain. Many of us have relationships, whether it is a spouse, co-worker, neighbor, whatever it is, friendship, a sibling, um, an adult Uh, parent or if you're a parent parent you may have an adult child you have a relationship and whether you realize it or not you continually decide is this relationship worth the pain the discomfort and the struggle that it takes to maintain the relationship because every single relationship will fight conflict and you decide is this relationship worth fighting through that to get to the other side. We would all agree that God's word says over and over again, love one another, love one another. Jesus told the disciples, this is how they will know you're my disciples if you... That was pretty good. Let's try it again, okay? I'm going to act like y'all are my preschoolers and we're going to start over and I'm going to give you a second try. (laughs) Welcome to my world. (laughs)
0: That's all I have to say.
1: I often say, nice try. We're going to try that again, honey. Give you the <laughs> response I want. <laughs> so let's try it again. Jesus told his disciples, this is how they will know that you are my disciples if you
0: love one another. Very
1: good. Here's the key. To love right, you have to fight right. To love right, you must figure out and determine how to fight right because I've decided, Mac has decided, I'm going to go ahead and make that assumption for you today. Yep. I love to speak for him. <laughs> um, I, he's, we've decided this relationship is worth fighting through the pain of discomfort to get on the same page. We've decided with our teenage children, yes, there are times when it is painful for them. To have us as parents. But they've decided, we've decided, it's worth the effort to work through it to get to the other side. My friendships, my siblings, my parents, your relationships, your coworkers, you must decide that, yes, we're going to love one another. And to love right, you have to learn to fight right. And fortunately for us, in addition to including all of those scriptures about loving one another god also includes some great information on how to fight right and that's what we're going to look at today but you know
0: the great thing about it is if you think about it you never let me put it positively you only get mad at somebody you care about those are the only people that you engage in conflict with over and over and over again the people that I'm just kind of like loose acquaintances with, we rarely fight. We, we don't. We're just kind of like, okay, yeah, take care. Have a nice day. You're crazy. But if you're living under the same roof with somebody or you're working with somebody day in and day out, that's where the, and that I think ought to be kind of a, a sign of encouragement and a place to begin to kind of go, okay, wait a minute. I really do care about this person I really do care about their welfare or the welfare of our company or our family or our school or our church and so because we care we're going to enter into what Scott Peck referred to a generation ago as the tunnel of chaos that's you know what the tunnel of chaos is the entry to the tunnel of chaos has a sign over it that says we need to talk that's the tunnel of chaos Because when you say to somebody, we need to talk, you're entering into this vast world of unknown. When you do kind of engage in like open conflict, that should be a sign that the relationship actually matters to one degree or another. I remember a high school basketball coach who told me years ago, he said, he goes, the only time you need to worry is if I'm not yelling at you. Now. We should not approach our marriages as a coach.
1: Good, good clue.
0: But we should remember that we care about those people that we're engaged with.
1: Well, that was my signal that I had something to say. I know, Did everybody pick I up that on off. that? Yeah, because I never interrupt him. <laughs> um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it was so important. Oh, I know. Okay. The, a lot of people think that the opposite of love is hate. And the reality is that the opposite of love is apathy. Hmm. Because if you hate, that means you're still feeling emotion and you still care. And so there is room to get back in there and keep fighting. But apathy is a danger zone, and that's where we want to stay away from apathy. Love one another means I care enough, I love you enough to fight through this to get to the other side. One
0: of the things that I'm so excited about this little two-week series that we're doing is because it's yet another example to see and to discover how the gospel changes everything everything I want you to look at your neighbor and with passion and enthusiasm Brazos Hall y'all also tell them the gospel changes everything
1: the gospel changes everything
0: thank you very much I just wanted to see if you were paying attention now it's true that the Bible talks you know about love one another and love your neighbor as yourself and that is true and it's tough work but did you know that the Bible talks a lot a lot about conflict and reconciliation and how we go through that and how we avoid that. One of the things that Julie and I have learned over about 23 years of marriage, marriage and wedded bliss, is that a lot of our conflicts could have been avoided. I, maybe that's just us. How many of you know a lot of conflicts are unnecessary? Okay, just checking that's the reality of it if you've got your bible i want you to look in ephesians chapter number four maybe your smartphone you can go to ephesians chapter four and as a general rule as you're looking at it we kind of use the new living translation as a general rule not exclusively but it's very accurate to the original text and the translation and it's very readable it connects in a way that we understand in 2014 and 21st century lingo and parlance but in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and in this letter to the church at Ephesus, he's explaining, here's how the gospel works. You you have stepped into this relationship with Christ, you you have this new thing going on, but let me show you how it impacts your day-to-day life. You see, there is no wall, there's no dividing line because of the gospel between sacred and secular that that's a false dichotomy it does not exist everything inside the gospel inside the economy of god everything has the potential for eternal significance for divine purpose and in ephesians chapter 4 paul kind of gives us three t's for how to fight right three t's for fighting right
1: I want to go ahead and read Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 from the New Living. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. There's an important distinction to make here. It does not say that anger is sin. Mm. It does not say that feeling angry or being frustrated is a sin. It does say, though... When you're angry, do not sin by letting the anger control you. We have to draw a distinction between the emotion and the feeling of anger, and the behavior and the action in response to the anger. There's an assumption made here. At some point in life, if you haven't yet, I want to give you a heads up, you (laughs) will feel angry. You will feel frustrated. You will, maybe you just started um, dating somebody, and I will never be angry with him. That is so awesome for you right now, but you may want to take (laughs) notes. Because you may have the
0: opportunity to help somebody else who does maybe
1: you know you have a friend that you can help out, or maybe you have a best (laughs) friend and you think, Oh no, we our personalities are perfect, we never argue, we never. It's just good to be ready. I like to tell people, proactive is not just a zip cream, okay? It's a way (laughs) of life. It is take this, arm yourself. well, was that inappropriate? I'm sorry. Um, arm yourself with this information. I will feel angry. I will feel frustrated. Now let me prepare myself and determine now what I'm going to do, how I'm going to behave when I feel that and you emotion. Know what?
0: Sometimes your anger is appropriate. Sometimes your anger is, is absolutely <laughs> not just understandable, but you, you ought to be angry at something. There are other times when our anger is inappropriate. There are times when we get mad and we're just kind of like being a little two-year-old snot. That's, in, that's a biblical term. You might want to write that down. That was more inappropriate than the
1: proactive snot. comment, I think.
0: But you, you, get, you go through those times and it's kind of like, no. Now, because I'm a 47-year-old dude, I don't do that. But I do that inside, and then I filter out how I want to get my way, like, no. (laughs) But inside, I'm the little two-year-old snot again. Am I the only one that that happens to? Surely not, which rhymes with snot. But (laughs) it's important to distinguish, is my anger appropriate and God-honoring, or is it inappropriate and self-serving? It's a very, very important distinction.
1: And I love the message version of this. It says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And this is so important. Don't stay angry. Mm. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. What Paul is saying here is that to remain angry is opening up your life To the enemy he will use your anger if you don't deal with it so what we want to do is arm ourselves with how to fight right because we're gonna love right and to love right we have to fight right so the first T in fighting right is time and that means preparation Take the time when you're feeling that emotion, when you're feeling frustration, take time away by yourself. Don't react too quickly. Say, I need a moment. And take some time to say, God, is there something that I'm not seeing? This requires a little humility. Am I reading this wrong? I love um, Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, does not say, God, show him. (laughs) <laughs> what he It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. The first thing you do is you spend time in prayer. When you are frustrated, when you are angry, when you are frustrated with a friendship or a co-worker, first thing, time in prayer. God, is there anything that I've done to contribute to this? Is there something that I need to change in my life? So it's preparation through prayer. Then it's also preparation through planning. Plan the conversation. Off the cuff is usually not a good idea. But if you go into it saying, you know what? Okay, I've thought through this now. I'm going to go in. I've taken the emotion out of it. And now I'm going to deal with the situation. Directly and choose the right time, the right place, and the right words, now I'm ready to confront the situation. Now I'm ready to handle the conflict head on. Why? Because this relationship, my relationship with my co-worker, my relationship with my sister, my relationship with my neighbor is worth fighting through to get to the other side.
0: And I think taking emotion out of it is really, really hard to do because there are times when, no, 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 no. I want him to understand the emotion that I'm feeling behind this. But in reality, if we will take that time and, and let that emotion kind of calm a little bit, you, you can still be sincere, you can still be heartfelt, but when you, when you let that emotion subside a little bit, you start to de-escalate the situation at hand. The, the New Testament term is long-suffering or patient, And it comes from a Greek word that means long heating. Long heating means that you have a long fuse instead of a short fuse. Whoa!
1: What? Come here!
0: Come here! No, it's a long fuse.
1: But most of us are born with a propensity one way or the other. Yeah. And so a lot of times people will use that as an excuse. You know, I'm just hot-tempered. You know, I'm just, well, you know I'm just well, keeping it real. You know, just, I'm just being authentic. Don't. Like reel that in there, buddy. And so <laughs> what you have to do is that's the way I was created, but that doesn't mean I bow to that. That says, okay, God, this is the nature you've given me. Now, what do I need to do to honor you with this? And so you use that fire, that fire is awesome, but that does not mean you react. Again, you separate the emotion from the action. Yes, maybe you're hot tempered and you feel angry quickly, but that does not mean your um, response to it and your behavior is never okay to be inappropriate, to yell and scream, or it's certainly get physical in any way.
0: Right, right, right. And, and I think this too, you know, a lot of how we handle our anger is just what we picked up by default in our families of origin. You know, I mean, that, that's, just, that's just kind of what, it's, it's by default how, how we're wired up and coupled with our sin nature and what we saw growing up in our homes and our families of origin from our mom and dad, from our brothers and sisters, and how we reacted to that. We all learned how to play within a system, usually without even realizing we were doing it. And I've said this before, you know, I grew up in a home with brothers and we just said whatever came into our minds and if we got physical, it got physical and then five minutes later it was over. And when Julie and I got married, it's never gotten physical, but I thought, I thought you just say it and you put it out there. And Julie did not share that same propensity for conflict resolution. And as a matter of fact, she would kind of withdraw and she would get really quiet. And I'm like, would you just say something? And she's like, I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret. And I'm going, well, you can say it, but then you just ask forgiveness. And she looked at me and she went, sweet boy.
1: But, you know, you have you to learn. You can't say
0: something. Yeah, you do y- have to learn. You have
1: to learn how you communicate. If you really want to test your marriage, you know, people say build a house together. I say go try to wakeboard together. <laughs> um, when we uh, were um, on a boat one time and Mac had the brilliant idea, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, to let me pull him with the wakeboard. And so I'm driving the boat and he's yelling at me, Go, go. I didn't think she
0: could hear over the motor of the boat.
1: So he's yelling at me, go, go. Well, I thought he was saying, slow, slow. (laughs) So I began to slow down because I'm so submissive and as I did, I can see him and I'm watching like, well, I don't think this is how it's supposed to work. Because as I slow down, he just gradually sank. And so he came over and he had, okay, and he was trying so hard to be nice. But he said, okay, here now we're going to have signals. Okay, thumbs up means go faster, and thumbs down means go slower. Okay, and that means stop. I was like, oh, okay, that's so much easier. We had to come up with a communication system. And so in your family in your marriage with a co-worker if you just started to work at some place it's so proactive to go in and say okay how do we communicate what's the best way to say if I'm frustrated or if you're frustrated let's talk about this let's plan this let's develop our system before we have problems because inevitably whether you mean to or not if you have a situation that brings frustration and you don't address it I want you to picture yourself putting a brick. And then the next time something else happens, you put another brick if you don't address it. And the next time, another brick and another brick. And eventually before you realize it, there's a wall between you and that person. And you know whether it's a friendship, any of those relationships, when that wall is there. And so it's worth the relationship. If that's where you are today to knock down that wall and say we need to work together and figure out our communication system so that we can knock down that wall and moving forward we want to address each brick because sometimes when you feel that frustration when I feel that frustration and I put the brick down and then I spend my time in prayer I realize really that problem was on me so I can take the brick down does that make sense address each brick if your wall is already there the relationship is worth pushing through yep
0: so the first t is time second t that paul talks about in ephesians 4 is tone tone how many of us know that it's not always what you say but how you say it amen some of us (laughs) did i say that out loud some of us have learned this the hard way look at what paul says in verse 29 Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, say everything.
1: Everything. Let
0: everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I think this is so important. Julie touched on this just a second ago with the time thing and preparing. But again, when you enter into conflict with a posture of humility, that by itself will change your tone. When you enter into it from a from a position of how do we make this relationship healthy again? How do we strengthen this relationship going forward? How many of y'all have ever broken a bone? Can I see a show of hands if you've ever broken an arm or leg? I broke, I broke my leg twice within two years of each other. I, I, had, I was a really gifted child. And I'll never forget the first time my leg came out of the cast. I was in a, I was in a full leg cast for three months in fifth grade summer, summer between fifth and sixth grade year. And I'll never forget when my leg came out of the cast. It was so funny. It had shriveled up, first of all. It was just completely emaciated. It was not always this huge hunk of muscle that you see before you now. But the doctor said something really interesting. He said, Your your leg is very, very weak right now. But the bone is stronger than it was before you broke it. The bone is stronger before it was when you broke it because. When that bone heals, that scar tissue grows over the place where the bone was broken. That is very, very similar to what can happen when we fight right. When we go through these processes and we check our tone to make sure that the tone is helpful, that I'm really and truly interested, let's say in the case of marriage, really and truly interested in making this relationship healthier and better than it was before, not just getting along, not just going along, but to make it better and healthier, then I check my tone and I'm like, okay, help me to understand something. Am I missing something here? Because I'm picking up that you are really hacked off right now. For example, help me to understand, is there something I did or something that I said Julie and I had been married for about six months when we kind of had our first real marital dust-up. I mean, it, it was just one of those things where, you know, the toothpaste was squeezed from the middle or instead of the bottom the way God intended it or something really inconsequential. But I'll never forget learning in that moment that the tone really and truly mattered, that we needed to say, okay, we're in this together to make this better going forward and so the tone that you use goes a long way towards communicating your motive and your heart and your desire for the relationship when i get kind of snippy and snotty it's because i'm interested in getting my way i want my way mine mine now again we filter it much more shrewdly than a three-year-old or a four-year-old But let's be honest, the three-year-old and the four-year-old is alive and well within all of us. Every single one of us has to fight that urge to seek our own best self-interest.
1: And so the tone is the edification part. And choose your words carefully and be intentional. It's so helpful, again, to spend that time before we'll set up your tone for success. So time and tone. But finally, and really most critically, is target. What's your goal? What's your end game here? And our end game, when we fight right, has to be reconciliation. We have to communicate that. I have to say, this relationship is important enough to me for me to bring this up to you. I'm uncomfortable saying this, but it's important to me. It's important for us. See, when Emily was running down the hill, she had a picture of Emily and Brantley. And so that picture of the two of them together made her get up and keep going. See, she could have stopped there and said, well, I'm hurt. I want to go back. But instead... The picture before her was the two of them together that is what drives you in a conversation that is what drives you in this um, conversation of reconciliation is you know what what am I fighting for I'm fighting for us not me and that is something that you have to decide and maybe in that prayer time determine am I fighting For me, or am I fighting for us? And again, this transcends marriage. This is with um, family. This is with neighbors and coworkers and friendships. Am I fighting for us, or am I just trying to get my way? And that's something that only you can evaluate, and you have to ask the Lord to show you. Because let me tell you, we are crafty. And I can convince myself that I'm fighting for us, but if you give me 30 seconds, I can make it Mac's fault, whether he was present or not. I am that good, and I bet there are some of you who are that good too. You know, Mac and I have huge arguments that he never knows about. When the kids were young and I was home all day and I would get angry with him about something and he would come home and say, how was your day? I'm like, awesome. You had no idea, but we had a huge argument around 11, but I'm good now, okay? Because I can make something his fault whether he's there or not. It's a gift, really. And so what I have to do is say, remind myself. I am fighting for us, same with my children, same with the people I work with, same with my sisters. Oh, I can make it my sister's fault real fast. That is years of practice, okay? But if I really want to make the relationship right, it's not about being right. That's what we have to determine. Am I trying to make it right or am I trying to just be right? we are working on godly healthy relationships and so to love right We fight right, and that means determining and determine. When I say determine, I grit my teeth because I think that's what is necessary to make long-lasting relationships work. It's a grit, it's a drive to say I'm in it to win it and I'm going to stick with this friendship no matter what. It is that Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in being a friend for in the proper time you will reap a harvest. If you don't give up, that's the determination it takes to have a healthy relationship and to fight right you have to decide the reconciliation is worth the fight and that's my end game in this tough conversation i'm willing to have it because my end game is a god-honoring relationship where we can love one another and eventually those around us will say ah they must be Disciples of Jesus, I can tell because of the way they love one another.
0: Paul says this in Ephesians 4 Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. You know what slander is? Slander is not the same thing as libel. Slander is where you tell the truth to hurt somebody. Slander is when you say something that's true and then they say, Why would you say that? I'm sorry, did that bothered you. I was just telling the truth. That, that's slander. Instead, this is what he says, and this is the end game, the target that Julie was just talking about. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I want to make sure that we all get this all roads lead to the cross all roads lead to the cross of Jesus the gospel changes everything even how we fight how we disagree with one another and it's ultimately how I choose to fight right with Julie or with Emily and Joseph in our household or maybe a staff member or maybe a friend how I choose to fight right is ultimately a reflection of what I believe about God. It's about what I believe God has done for me, what he is doing through me, and who he claims to be. So when we choose to fight, as Julie just said so beautifully, we're not fighting for our right. We're fighting to make it right. We're fighting for the good of the relationship because every relationship is a gift from God. Every relationship is to be used for God's purposes and God's pleasure. So when we understand that, then we kind of come back and we recalibrate and go, wait a minute. This isn't just about me getting my way. This isn't just about even us you know, making this right again. Ultimately, this is about the gospel. This is about what Jesus Christ did on the cross, and what Paul says there, kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, Julie and I felt compelled and led to go into this series for two weeks because of the gospel, because To talk about fighting is something we can all connect with. We all understand relationships getting a little bit sideways or a lot sideways. But it's actually a platform for a bigger discussion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the fact that he died on the cross for you. That he went to the cross for me. And he rose again from the grave. In order not just to give us a ticket to ride and get to heaven. But to change everything everything in our lives, to make everything new. Now, my guess is here on our west campus or downtown at Brazos Hall, probably some of us have responded to that grace initiative. But I would have bet also, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, that some of us have not, that you may be here today and you have never responded to God's grace initiative. And so for us as a church family, we have no greater privilege, no greater opportunity or responsibility than to give you that opportunity to step into that relationship that changes everything. I want to ask you for just a moment, if you will, bow your heads. And in this moment, I want to just invite you, I want to lovingly challenge you to really consider your own response to that grace initiative, to the fact that God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Have you responded to that? Have you personally said, I accept that forgiveness? I, I personally receive that grace. If you've never done that, then We wanna just invite you to do that right now. Led by God. It might surprise you to learn that it doesn't take an elaborate ceremony. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. It requires something very, very simple. Everything. It requires every part of who you are surrendered to God. So I want to invite you just to pray right now, just silently where you are, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of beginning. And if you're here today or maybe listening online and surrender is tough for you, we get it. But you need to understand that we're talking about surrendering to God, the only one who will never take advantage of your surrender. I wanna invite you just to pray right where you're sitting, just talking to God, just say, silently in your own words, something like this, just say, Jesus, I need you and I know it. I accept your forgiveness. I choose to believe that you went to the cross for me that you rose again for me and I accept. And Jesus, in exchange for your life, I give you mine, all of it, surrendered. I confess my sin and I claim your forgiveness. In your name, Jesus. I wanna ask you just to remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for another moment. Because this moment is sacred. As God moves in people's lives in an eternity-shaking way. And if that was your prayer, just this moment and you meant it for the first time in your life, then I want to make sure that you understand this is the most important moment of your life. It's the moment for which you were created and it's the moment upon which God will build every other moment of your life from this point forward. so with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to ask you, if you just prayed that prayer, maybe downtown, to mark this moment just by raising your hand and holding it up high for just a moment. And by your raised hand, you signify to yourself this moment, that it's real, that it happened. That God called and you answered. Once and for all. As a church, we celebrate that moment with you. And as you put your hands down, we like to put our hands together to tell you: welcome home. Welcome home.